right. All right. Mark Adma, thanks for coming on my show. Good Glad to see you, man. Oh, yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come near me, bro. Yeah. So we've taken precautions here, but... um. Yeah, no, it's good to see you, man. It's good to see you pull up in your truck. And, um, yeah, brother. Yeah, I'm stoked you reached out. We talked a while ago about um, about doing the podcast, but I just, yeah, I just kind of got, like I said, I just didn't, took a hiatus for took a hiatus for a while and just didn't do it. And Life flies busy. by, man. Dude, I There's hear a lot you, going man. on these days. A, a year can go by. It's it's crazy. I know. I think there's like a switch at some point in, um, <laughs> in life. everything starts going faster. Yeah, you know? Yeah, no, I agreed. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and then you're all of a sudden like, hey, wait, what was I doing? What what what? what, what here all yeah, of a sudden? Yeah, and I heard you... a theory on that actually. Oh, because um, you know when you're probably in elementary school is when time felt like it just took forever. Right. You know, you're sitting in class, and an hour felt like it would take half a day. Yeah. And so apparently, when you're in that state of learning, your brain is so open and taking so much information in mm-hmm. that perceivably. Everything's going slower. Right. As we get older, everything becomes a little bit more normal. Right. And we're just not taking in as much information. Yeah. And so perceivably, time is picking yeah. up. That would make sense because you become less aware of what's around you because you just it. think you know everything. Yeah. So you just things are just like inherent. They fly by you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know, you're, that's, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I've had it a couple times camp or winter camping actually up in Alaska. How that seem like a take forever because it's freezing cold and you're just fucking dying. You would think so. <laughs> and it's interesting. That's the couple few times where I felt like I was out there for way, like double, triple the time that I was actually there camping, which I thought was pretty interesting. Because it's not like you're overly active when you're winter camping. A lot of time you're just kind of hunkered down. Right, waiting for weather. But at or the something. end of a 10 day trip, you're like, oh my goodness, it feels like I've been here for three, four weeks. Right. Yeah. So I think there is, although you're not doing a lot, you're paying attention to a lot of sure. external factors that are happening All right can you pull this in a bit for me sorry oh, yeah, just like sure, you know, get comfortable while you're sitting there so you yeah. don't feel like you have to move yeah oh, cool yeah, nice sounds better right yeah. get your deep voice a bit deeper oh, too yeah. yeah hello um <laughs> still working on that one. but yeah i never camped in the winter before so you got me on that but i feel like it would be um i mean those situations you're not doing a lot but there's also so much in your mind mm-hmm. because you so it probably might it just seems like you know if you're sitting out in the flat somewhere and um but you're you've you're, yeah, you're just kind of waiting for it to get good or the light to come out or mm-hmm. lights good hit it kind of thing. And then, yeah. And even though you're not doing much, there's still a lot going on just yeah. with you're constantly digging out tents. There's sure. just a lot that's going into prepping food. Not that I do a lot of that, but I do a lot of, I clean a lot of dishes yeah. when I'm out there. Yeah. All the Rubens might say otherwise. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, right. yeah, it's just, just maintaining camp life, sure. you know, like yeah. you're always doing something. So. I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, before any of us could live in a house or we all lived in, we were foraging or whatever we were doing yeah. here, it's all day to prepare yourself for the next day and the future. Totally. So if you're living in like the, in a, in the, in a camp for even if it's a week or two weeks, yeah, you got to make sure your clothes are dry. You got to make sure the tent's organized. You might make sure if the wind picks up, you can like hold on to shit, dig yourself out like you're saying, yeah. and, you know, how much food do we have? We got to make dinner now because we don't, it's going to get dark. And are there other batteries charged? For totally. Doing? Yeah. There's so much in your mind. That element of planning and also mm-hmm. a bit of survival going on. Because when right. you are on, when you do finally have that day when you're going to go out and ski, well, now you're you're getting up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Yeah. And you got to be ready to go. Yeah, totally. And then there's the night before, you probably, or for myself, I don't sleep that well because you have so many things going through right. your head. And then that day in itself is so experiential. Yeah. And uh, you're in severe terrain. Yeah, like, totally. What's that? What was that thing in um, 
it was Eric Peterson or, or um, Peyote used to say it's not extreme skiing, it's severe skiing. <laughs> or no, it's Peter <laughs> some in an old in an old ski movie. Okay, he said it's not extreme skiing anymore; it's severe skiing. Yeah, and I was just kind of like thinking that it kind of hits me sometimes. I don't get into that crazy situations, but yeah, I try not to. Yeah, but I mean, you're like, I, I could imagine there's uh, not anxiety, like maybe a little bit, but like just like trying to go to bed thinking, um, mm-hmm. like the nerves. Uh, over years, you've been skiing for what a hundred years or so, right now, straight. Yeah, probably. give or take. Yeah, yeah. yeah, a few years before you're born. Yeah, <laughs> so like, ha- there must be, I don't know. You, you, you get people say they get used to it, but then I see comedian stuff and stuff they never get used to going on stage. There's still that the butterflies that come into you, and you know, every time, man. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. kind of the beauty of it. Right. Is uh, still you're the, constantly being tested because the the conditions and the terrain's always changing. You're always going somewhere new or trying to go somewhere new, right? That's, yeah, that's totally. The, that's the search. I yeah, guess. and I think even if you're going back to the same place, there's always there's new layers going on in the snowpack. Right. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the snowpack. That's like <laughs> I mean, that's a wild card in itself all the yeah, time. Yeah, totally. Right? I and mean, every hour, I'm sure. I mean, every hour it changes. You know. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess I mean there's experience coming with what you do. I mean, you've been doing it for a long time. And you take people with you. People go with you mm-hmm. who have been doing it for a long time. Yeah. And you take, no matter how much you know, I, I, I think most people still try to find someone who knows more than they do to go with them. Yeah, yeah. Right? So if you're going out there, you're like, hey, I want to go, but I, if I can get this guy to come with me, he's been doing this 10 times as long as I have or been here yeah. six times before or whatever. Yeah. Just make it a bit more, just a bit more confidence. But yeah, that, it's, I... I get butterflies just thinking about it, man. Right. I'm getting them right now. I got I to gotta, <laughs> I shut this down. I got to go to sleep. But like, yeah, I think... Uh, Speaking of the time thing, yeah, I, you know, there's stuff when time goes by. Like I've, you know, I've been working for a while there, and you can just get complacent. And time goes by fast, and you've done nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen weeks where I'm like, oh, what did I do this week? I've done nothing. What's going on? <laughs> right. Go and do something, right? I know, man. And like you can get into a complacent time where you just sit, you know. And not not you, but like some people, you know, it's easy to just kind of after a day or two of doing nothing. You know, the first time's the hardest, you know? It's like when someone gives you drugs, the like, first time's the hardest, and you do it. Yeah, yeah. But if you sit around, sitting around becomes a thing you just do, and you get stuck in it. Yeah. And then people who also do, like, never stop, they never stop sometimes. That's it. And I think for that reason, I really want to, I want to try a 10-day silent meditation. Oh, cool. Or I've heard Aubrey Marcus, where he goes into, like, a six- or seven-day, um, what do you call it? Essentially, a deprivation room is completely black. Right. So you, you don't know what time it is. Right. You don't know uh, whether it's yeah. night or day. It's raining, it's snowing, it's they, sunny, They're whatever. giving you f- some food. And so you do it out of place. You go to a place. I guess yeah, you I guess you went to own. Germany to do this. The Germans, they got crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. Smart people. But I think the idea of doing a silent meditation and just having that time to practice, just sitting and being still and being okay right. with it. Yeah. Because it's so easy just to be busy and distract ourselves with that. Yeah. I think a lot of people, um, you know, some people use distraction to run away from whatever they got to think about. Exactly. And like some people are like, yeah, I go to the mountains to make this saying, drives me nuts, but like the blank canvas and I can make my own line in the snow. <laughs> like, God, God. I thought it was cool. I may have said that once I know, I, before. I, I know, that's why I said it. But I thought it was like cool back in the day, but then you have these things where it's like, these chairs aren't very comfortable. But um, yeah, you can just kind of, you can outrun your thoughts or try to outrun your thoughts by doing something all the time. Yeah. And have you done something like that before? Like, have you done a... I mean, it sounds like to go from zero to hero to just go from like, cause you, you are a guy that like, I see you doing things online and stuff and you're like, you're a healthy guy. You take time for yourself and you do things with your hands and you're always working. And it seems like you would be somebody who's probably tried something like that before, like a little, like a break from, you, you must meditate right now. I do. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You've been doing that for a while. 
I'd say 15. Well, how old am I? I'm 40 now. So I'd say I started meditating in my early 20s. Oh, no shit, eh? Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. That's so, like, oh, okay, right. And yeah. it's been super helpful. And actually, you know what? The most useful meditation tool that I've used mm -hmm. is called the Muse Meditation Band. Okay. And I've seen that on the line. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing, actually. Really? Yeah. I'm yeah. kind of hokey. It's cool. It's incredible. Right. I've gone to some uh, yoga meditation retreats, and you sit there for a while and you meditate. Right. And then at the end, after a couple hours, right. I'm asking myself, was was I just meditating? I, I don't really know. I didn't. I feel like my mind was all over the place. You right. Know? <clears throat> Isn't the point of meditating to try to to let that happen, but try to keep bringing it back? And it's like yeah, the, it's creating that awareness. Right. But it's so easy for your your mind just to go running all over the place. Sure. And it takes a while to recognize that, hey, I was just all over here. Now bring it back. But what the Muse meditation tool does, it relays your brain information to your phone and then lets you know what your brain is doing through soundscape. So you can choose from a, uh, like a rainforest. I use the, the ocean. Okay, yeah. So if my brain is overactive, then the waves are crashing and the wind is blowing and then as you learn to calm your mind, then the waves subside, the wind stops, and then when you're in your calm state, then you get these little bird chirps, <laughs> which really? is kind of funny because uh, then you get a bird chirp, you're, you're like, oh, I'm doing it, and then all wow. of a sudden you're gone again, right? Wow. Yeah. This, yeah. So what it's doing is it's creating awareness or an audible tool to give you that awareness right? to let you know that, hey, you're over here, bring her back in. Wow. So and it, so I think it's, it is just that. It's an awareness tool so that you can be more conscious of when you're getting distracted. And especially these days, I'm completely guilty of it. I'm doing what I need to be doing work-wise, do. and then I pull up my phone. And then I'm scrolling through my phone, and it's kind of that process. And I'm mm -hmm. like, all right, bring it back in, throw my phone to the other side of the room so I don't have to look at it anymore, and yeah. so I can just stay focused. That's so. I'm gonna ask a question after this, but yeah. I want to know when you have the app thing, the the Muse thing. Yeah, your, your phone's not. You're not actively interacting with your phone. Though. It's just no, there. no. I've got so, my eyes closed. So the app is like sensing your brain waves and sensing yeah. like slow and, and fast patterns. Yeah, and going well. He's got fast patterns. Let's calm him down a bit. Yeah. Okay. I thought for you, like you have to like see it, but that would that's pretty cool. It is. Uh, is and so I found that just by doing five or ten minutes of using the Muse mm -hmm. was much more impactful and um, created a lot more awareness to myself than just sitting there for two hours and not knowing yeah. if I was really doing it or not. It's interesting because like I think about meditating. I've tried it a couple of times, but there's this thing where like the daunting task of if I doing it once, you're like, oh, I gotta keep doing this for how long to make it to make it work? And you mm -hmm. have this thing like, if I just do it once, like, ah, I did it yesterday. Yeah. I don't have, it's, it is five minutes. It is two minutes or three minutes. It's taking yeah. that time, just like committing to, a little bit that I, that's what I understand anyway. It's yeah. like being able to say, well, at least if it's five minutes, I've done that. Yeah, and then like totally 20 years later, you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got a whole shit on your head. But I find just, yeah. Like if I look at my phone, dude, like my phone time, I know I look at your weekly rates or your weekly percentage has gone up. It's, it's disgusting. I know. I'm not even going to say it. It's so embarrassing. Mine's like, I was like 12 hours sometimes, <laughs> but now I'll, Two, I'll have like uh, my phone. I don't have, I don't let it lock. So sometimes yeah. I'll just be on an app for a while. But 
Um, I've started putting my phone out here to charge at night while I go to sleep. So I used to take it with me. Just like I used to have a, I used to have a sleep app that would just let me like yeah, track my yeah, sleep. Yeah. hear me talking and snoring and stuff. And oh, I just yeah. be like sawing logs all night. And <laughs> I got it. I'm like, I don't want to hear that anymore. Fuck. So I just stopped recording it. But yeah. uh, it that's something that I never really spent much time with is this meditation. But yeah. I never, it's fucking cool that you said you did it for 20 years. I didn't ever would have like, no offense, obviously, but like, I never would have, I never would have thought that. I mean, I thought you were into no it now digging. for sure. I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if you like have been it for a couple of years, but 20 years. Wow. It's mm-hmm. cool. And then as of recently, indirectly, um, I've been meditating through doing the Wim Hof. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm doing, he does these, uh, follow him on breathing. Instagram. Mm-hmm. And so it's this intense breathing. Uh, for 40 breaths, I believe it is. Yeah. And then you exhale and then you hold your breath. And it's interesting. You wouldn't think you'd be able to hold your breath after you've exhaled. Mm-hmm. But by through this breathing process, you're oxygenating your whole body. Right. And you're able to utilize all this oxygen in your body. Right. And just stay still. And it's the same thing that free drivers do. Because yeah. they can't go down with oxygen in their lungs, right? Because they can't, that's too buoyant, they're too buoyant. Exactly. God, it's such a oh trip, man. Oh my God. And yeah. um, so I've been doing that pretty regularly recently. Okay. And um, his whole thing is, as you're holding your breath, he's having you focus on calming your body, slowing down your heart rate. And right. with that, for me, it's, uh, just calming my mind because right. I think as soon as your mind starts racing, well, then all of a sudden you're forgetting about relaxing your body, and then you're not gonna be able to hold your breath for it. Yeah, long. Your, your your breathing rate changes no matter like yeah, totally yeah for sure. I can yeah. I can imagine that. I watched him on Joe Rogan one time. I don't mean, like Joe Rogan. I, I watch all the time, but I watched him doing the thing with with Rogan and you know that almost like trying to hyperventilate, just getting the edge yeah. of that, and then like. But the oxygen just sits in your blood. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, yeah. And so free divers have to fucking practice. They go underwater, even surfers, big yeah. wave. They're underwater for like a couple of minutes sometimes, yeah. even longer. Yeah, for sure. And so the the thing is, you're inhaling, and then when you're exhaling, you're only exhaling half your breath. So right. if you can think about that, you're just slowly charging up your whole system with all the this half oxygen. that's left that's kind of moving into your body. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty interesting, man. It's uh, when I first started doing it, I was holding my breath for a minute and a half. To ask you how long can you and do And then a couple of days ago, I just got to five minutes. <laughs> nope. What? Yeah. No shit. Eh? That's cool. It's pretty wild. Wow. Man. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I, I've heard of obviously surfers and freedivers doing breath work and learning yeah. about, you know, because I mean, they, they follow that kind of rope down. And then there was that one girl who I guess died. Uh, this is going to, this is kind of morbid, but I remember hearing the story. She, uh, didn't ring the bell right away or something like that. And then yeah. took a second. But that last like two or three seconds was it like it didn't work yeah like that was she couldn't get to the top again or something they brought her out i think she, maybe she's not but she passed out underwater or whatever yeah but um it is it, it comes down to and one thing i was trying to I didn't bring it up earlier but the idea of like dedication of like if you just keep doing it it will change like totally. i was doing this burpee challenge it's lame but i was doing them for like 60 oh, days nice. in for 60 days and yeah I did like 7,000 burpees and I, I was like oh what am i doing at first i just did it one day i'm like i'll do it again tomorrow yeah. i never yeah. but all of a sudden i'm like oh after 60 days, it's way different than the first day. It's 100% different than the first day. Yes. It, and so that alone is like one thing you, I could prove to myself that you do things repetitively. Yeah. It does become easier. And totally. And you can feel the effects. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, d- when you're skiing and you're in places where it's like when you're stressful or when you're in a spot where it's like anxiety, do you resort? Do you have these tools you pull from like in those moments? Like, okay, to take two deep breaths. Or- yeah. No, breathing is huge for me. 
Yeah. Right. Um, cause it's just a quick way to be able to relax your whole nervous system. Right. Um, because when you're stressed, you get put into fight or flight, sure. which means you're getting thrown into the back part of your brain. Right. Whereas for myself, I want to be in my frontal lobe. You know, that's where you're going to be operating from a place of intuition and right. just have more foresight. And I think you're just going to be able to plan more accordingly. So that's a big focus for me. Have you had any big head injuries? Um, I've liked. had a few concussions, right. but yeah. nothing major. Okay, right. I haven't really been knocked out for, I don't know. Right. Not, so you're not maybe like f- 10, 15 seconds would be the, the okay. max. Right. And that was, it was just one in particular. And it was way back in the day. It was probably 2004. I was skiing in Mammoth. Okay. And uh, I was skiing there early season, skiing through this chute. And I hit some rocks right. underneath my skis and basically kind of brought me to a stop, but pitched me forward and left right. into the rock wall. Right. And uh, Dang. <clears throat> that's how I got all of this stuff right oh, here. I think I saw an old school picture of that. Maybe yeah, that, that was a different time, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, that, that one didn't really. Yeah, that was the ski in the face that you would have seen. Right. Okay. And that was uh, all these guys right here. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So I think I've had uh, over nine. At least they're, just, they're going into wrinkles now, so you're good. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad look. I know. It's so wild. <laughs> hey, getting wrinkles now. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't. My, my I had a face up a while ago, or just I had an accident, so I don't have many wrinkles. But um, I'm always curious about head injuries because, um, you know, skiers and snowboard stuff, like and then yeah. skateboarding and stuff, like. Before I really got into it, you know, I used to ski race, but helmets weren't a thing if you're just kind of skiing around. Mm-hmm. And even still now, you know, um, helmets aren't really, it's skiing, they're a lot more frequent for sure. Yeah. I think it's nobody's getting that way too, but uh, I mean, skateboarding, it's not. You can't wear helmets skateboarding. You get, you get laughed at. You, I mean, you should. Yeah, you should be, especially but, in that sport. Dude, yeah, concrete. Fuck, I, I, know, yeah. I know. But I'm always curious um, how people deal with head injuries because, you know, I, I don't generally deal with mine. So I'm always worried about, like, I'm not worried, but I'm curious. Like, cause you're a healthy guy, you do things and I'm, it's like, if you're this, all these things that meant, um, meditation and, and breathing work yeah. are definitely, I've been told and I've read that they are good for concussions to help you kind of like keep your brain. Yeah. Yeah. I believe so as well. Yeah. Um, and neurofeedback I hear is, yeah. can be beneficial. There's a, there's a, um, you know, Don Valet. Yeah, yeah. Then she just she's, there's a there's a neurofeedback clinic in yeah. There's a dude in town here. I think it's a girl now too. Does it at her at that Whistler clinic? In, oh, really? In Creekside. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that's about though. It's it's, it's kind of like that helmet that uh, strap you're talking about, right? But it's more like the doctor or whatever just reads your like. Is it like um? There's a few different methodologies with uh, neurofeedback, right? And that is one using light in okay. front of your eyeballs. Okay. Obviously, in front of your eyeballs, but yeah. uh, and then the other <laughs> is your head. I can't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> the other is through sound. Oh, okay. And right. so it's basically it's creating connectivity between both sides of your brain. So it's like building neural pathways. Or t- yeah. Is it like okay, cool. Totally. Right. Because um, I know, like you know, they talk about sleep building is super important for your rebuilding your neural pathways. Yeah. It's like the whole thing you sleep on it actually is a real thing to say. Yeah. Um, I know cannabis use can you know in- impact your sleep, so then you don't build those neural pathways. And that's what leads us, you know, can help lead to schizophrenia, that kind of stuff. Okay. But like, uh, yeah, I can imagine like, you know, that kind of stuff helps you realize how your brain reacts to in situations when you're stressed and when you're not, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that's definitely one of the things that I'm most interested in with regards to my body right now. It's just, um, figuring out how to optimize my brain and get it operating as quickly as possible so that I can just become more efficient with my life. And sure, you know, I'm trying to accomplish a lot, but I'm trying to do it 
with as much ease as possible. Right. It's kind of, you could, people do a lot of things, but they get kind of frantic and they bounce around. That's um, it. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think I'm definitely guilty of trying to do too much. And then with that, getting scattered and kind of losing right. focus. Right. And you, it's pretty hard to accomplish things if you're not focused on that, that end goal. And right. so that's something I'm really trying to work on is um, just complete each thing that I'm starting. Right. And um, do you find that you can, do you find you like, um, you just kind of mentioned, it, but like you, you, I've, I know you've done a lot of things, you know, from, obviously skiing and building homes and building and starting businesses. And, and then the, obviously this concept Neverland thing we can get to yeah. a little bit super rad. Um, but you, do you find like once you're on a project, your blinders are off the, uh, from the other stuff? Like you can get kind of so caught up in something that you just like generally. Yeah. I'm getting a lot better with that now. Right. Yeah. Um, for example, when I was working around the, the Pemberton property, building the spa and the yeah. garden and chicken, super cube, rad. And uh, I feel like I got a little bit sidetracked during that phase of my life. Right. The next thing you know, I had six or seven projects all around the house and I had tools all around the house. Right. And I just ended up running around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to find Dude. my tape measure and my <laughs> hammer because I left it at that last project. And eventually I realized I had to really rein it in and right. just start focusing on doing one thing. Right. And um, doing some uh, real estate projects down in... Squamish has yeah. really helped me with cool. that, just yeah. staying focused on completing yeah. that. And then working with Turpin over at Concept Neverland. Yeah. Once we're over there, we're there. You know, that's you've got cool. no cell phone that's there to distract you, which right. is a huge thing for me. Yeah. And I'm trying to balance my day out with having time to enjoy myself, whether right. it be swimming, paddle boarding, doing some exercise. Right. But then when I'm working, we're working. Yeah. And I think this summer was a good example of that. We set some goals for ourselves. Yeah. Um, it looks like it came along pretty fast. It went super fast. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah. geez. Yeah. You can follow Concept Neverland on Instagram. Just yeah. As, yeah. It's pretty rad. These guys got a cool thing going over there. Um, it all happened lickety split, man. Yeah. Like at one point, I was, well, Turpin and I went up to Braylorn, to the Braylorn Venture Lodge, yeah. to get the dome kitted out for renting it out there. Oh, cool. And so we went up there and we built a, a set of stairs to get into the loft and then a railing so people wouldn't fall off the, uh, the loft. And then the <laughs> very next week, all of a sudden, Gambier Island came up. Right. And right. so we decided to move the dome from Braylorn to Gambier. I saw that process. looked like a bit of a scene. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just a week prior to that, Turpin hit a bear on his motorbike. I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah. So that threw a bit of a wrench in the, the plans, but luckily... You know, he still had one gear. <laughs> I saw him like working with one gear, but I was like, Dude, I know, yeah. he's such a beast. Yeah, that's cool. I'd get uh, him on here sometimes too. <laughs> definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we had a couple great friends show up and mm -hmm. really make it all happen because. Um, you like Matty Richard over there, I think, at one point. Yeah, yeah, he, he was, was up like, there. And, and Burger lives over there, so he's probably helping a little bit. Or Yeah, or he's, yeah. He's got his tiki bar going there, so. I know, man. He's. <laughs> that guy is just such a wealth of knowledge. He's yeah. helped us out so much. That's cool. Yeah, so we, we started off with the, the dome, got that taken down and set up within a week. Right. And then the next thing was getting the clawfoot tub over there, getting that onto the beach. That yeah, was a pretty sweet. key component. Really so yeah. simple. It was free on Craigslist. Yeah. Light a fire underneath of it, throw some beach water or ocean water in there, and booyah, yeah. you've got 
an amazing place Rad. to chill out. Cool. Yeah. yeah. The view looks good from that little spot. Too. Yeah. It's <laughs> incredible, man. Yeah. But I, I guess the cool thing is, as I'm going to question too, is like yeah. when you have friends helping you when you do things, yeah. um, does it help you focus to have other people around? Because you've had like a bit of reliability from them and you're also like a common goal where if you're by yourself, you can probably get like somewhat like bogged down and just kind of go out and get, you know, walk away for a bit. But does having that support keep you more focused, do you think? It doesn't, it doesn't. Right. Um, and Turpin's he's an awesome guy. I mean, is he distracting or is he like, is he? No, no, he's, he's crazy he's, hard work. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, I thought, no, he yeah. pushes me. Cool. Yeah, and then see. having friends there, I think my biggest thing is ensuring that they're still having a good time and sure. I'm not cracking the whip on them. It's hard to be a host while you're ha having <laughs> right your friends I help know, you. It's like, it's like bringing pizza and beer to have your friends help move you. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And uh, for my friends that have known me for a while, I'm kind of that guy where if they come over they're probably going to end up helping me out because yeah. i'm always building something yeah you right know? yeah and uh i'm thankful that i still have those friends in my life so thank you to <laughs> all out. of you <laughs> shout out to whoever you are for sure no that's cool man you got a lot yeah. of projects. i think i think it's like i mean you seem to always have a lot a lot of things happening um what's uh what's your like with this neverland thing um so just i'll give you Anybody who's listening, it's like, from what I understand, it's, there's a plot of land you guys, you guys, you guys hooked up with, um, on the island you're built, you've taken this dome. So it's like a big geodesic, is it geodesic, what do you call it? Yeah. Geodesic yeah. dome. Yeah. So it was like on a platform and you guys transport it from the back country in, in Braylon and Pemberton to like across the ocean. You guys bought a boat and shit. <laughs> it's fucking dope, dude. It's, it's like beachcomber shit. So then, uh, then I see that you guys are building this thing. So, um, is that, I mean, you can divulge whatever you want to, but is that just, your own personal use? Are you guys going to try to like, is it like a place you want to have people come and visit? Like, is it like, um, not going to be a business or is it more just like an escape for you? And you know, it definitely started off as a, as a passion project. Yeah. Right. Um, Turpin and I realized that we really enjoy working together. Mm. You know, obviously we've been friends so for a long time. And so, um, Turpin was on the hunt. He got back from China and I saw him in the village after somebody's birthday he was like, yeah, I'll get this thing with, with the Admo on the island. And yeah. Yeah. He started doing a tub boat captain or something like that. He was mentioning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. The sky's the limit for that guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, when he got back from China, he, uh, he did his quarantine. As soon as he got out, I, um, brought him out to Gambia Island. Yeah. And we went and camped out on the beach for a night. And that evening just kind of started talking about the next step in life. Sure. And what we want to learn and how we want to live. And uh, talked about, you know, living in the mountains versus living on a lake versus living on the ocean. Mm -hmm. And just kind of realized that the, un the ocean holds so much abundance, so right. much from sea vegetables to fish, like crabbing, prawning. Right. Um, there's just a lot of food there. Yeah. And a lot to learn with being on the ocean. Good for your mind, good for your brain, good for everything. It's, totally, like, staring, it's like staring man. at trees, we staring at the ocean, right? Oh, yeah. Being next to water is just so therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. And also super gnarly. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because the water's, I mean, people talk about surfing. You're just at the mercy of whatever's happening on the shore. It's really, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... Are you learning like, are you going to learn like, like spear fishing and stuff? You oh, yeah. Learn? We've got a spear gun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sweet. dirt hooked it up yeah. and cool. gave chirping oh, one. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah sweet. So that's on the list. Um, <laughs> we're still honing in on our crabbing, prawning. Of course, Thankfully, yeah. Burger's there to show us those ropes. Yeah, cool. Um, Turpin's been fishing for a long time and yeah. hunting, so yeah. he's now learning a little bit more about ocean fishing. Yeah. Excuse me. No, it's all good, man. Everybody burps on this show. It's fine. <laughs> I turn my head all the time. I, yeah, I might have to get a beer in a minute here anyway, so it'll be dead, dead air for a second, but 
And uh, you can hunt deer on the island after, I think it's November 1st. So yeah, we're just kind of realizing that, yo, there's all this ocean life. There's food foraging on the island. We're going to get a garden and a greenhouse. Cool. And, um, you know, I've, I've been near to off-grid living and dabbled with it, mm-hmm. but I feel as though this is really allowing us to fully dive into it right? and really understand uh, how to manage produce and then manage power through solar wind and water or microhydro that's cool because i think when you were talking earlier when we were talking about earlier about being in the backcountry and like kind of like being prepared for every day coming next i'm um, living off the grid is like you need to always be working to keep that next thing coming <laughs> yeah. like you know because you're gonna have to get hot water for the day so you got to start a fire i mean something simple yeah. like that right yeah totally. then you got to like you got to make food so you got to get that water and it's, if it's if you're getting natural water I, I don't know if it's you might have to purify you got to boil it maybe let's just say yeah. right you got to boil yeah. enough to make water to make water if you can make water let me know um <laughs> but it would seem like that off-grid thing is like you you it's inexpensive in, in a way but you need because you need that time to do it like you you can't not have you can't just go and live off the grid you need to have time and yeah living simply is not that simple no right that's no, the thing it's a lot of work and the last time i was there i went over there with uh, we had a crew of people mm-hmm. um so it's kind of entertaining and uh, making sure that everybody is really enjoying their time right. but you know i had a fire going inside of the dome to keep it warm. Yeah, right. I had a fire going to have the wood-fired hot tub going. Right. Um, I had a little bonfire going so people could hang out and enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. I had a little fire going in the pizza oven. Right. Ah, I saw that, yeah. yeah. Is there enough wood on the island to sustain you guys for a long There's <laughs> so much wood. It's crazy. It, okay. Trees grow so fast there. And okay. There's so much dead stand. Right. It's, it's remarkable. That's good. And then uh, we've got a clawfoot tub going. Yeah, cool. So I wanted people to be able to enjoy that. So at one point, we had five fires going. So I was just running right. around making sure everybody's stoked and having a good wow. time and that's cool and I, I really do enjoy that and i and i appreciate or i enjoy offering people that experience to be able to just unplug mm-hmm. or disconnect and reconnect and uh, it's remarkable um it, the change and the difference that people can experience just in one day yeah yeah i think that the thing is everyone thinks oh we gotta live simply and people don't realize and i mean i'm probably gonna live it too some people don't realize is how simply what when they say we gotta live simply, people's like, you know, I want to have less in my house, I want to have this, but I'm still yeah. gonna, but to live a, the extreme of simply is, yeah, off the grid, finding your, finding your own food. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you take supplies over, I'm sure, but like, yeah. I mean, you can't. I mean, they start making your own beer, or doing moonshine in the forest, yeah, there, yeah. get that corn mash. But like, there's there's a lot. I mean, it's just, I mean, it consumes your days. So then time goes by fast, right? <laughs> It does, yeah. man. And yeah. those, those days, you know, times go yeah. goes by fast because totally. you're occupied. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I guess getting back to what our, our plan is for the yeah. property. Um, initially, it was a passion project, but mm. now we seem to be getting interest in people that want to come experience the place. Sure. So whether that's coming over there for the weekend yeah, um, or whether it's in the form of a retreat. Sure. So all those options are something that we're starting to explore now. and. Yeah. Um, being that it's so close, yeah, it's really it's easy to get people over there. Kind of Jolly Roger, Jolly Jolly Roger, Jolly. yeah, yeah. We <laughs> yeah. can get you over there in 15 minutes from uh, Porto Cove. Oh, sweet, right? Yeah. yeah cool. Or now we just found out there's uh, water taxis going from Scorch. going from Horseshoe Bay to our dock, and it only costs 30 bucks. Really, eh? 
So uh, that's pretty cool, man. Cause it is. I, I one day I my buddy and I paddleboarded from uh, Bowen Island back to Whitecliff Whitecliff Park. Oh yeah, and nice. it's like it took us like 25, 45 minutes. Yeah. So I can imagine that's just Bowen Island, but I can imagine if you're in a boat to get to to Gambier, what side do you want? Do you want like the the coastal side, or are you on the or are you on the mainland side, or are you on the on the mainland side? Oh, so you're closer. So yeah. we're kind of the closest right. point. Right. That's yeah. cool. So yeah, that's rad, man. And you got and so. So yeah. yeah, with that we got the uh, as far as things that we got done this summer that I was really stoked on checking off the list, especially now that we've gone into winter season here. We got the dome yeah. set up, got the yurt set up, wood fire tub, pizza <laughs> oven, clawfoot tub, and we got a shitter, yeah. which is amazing because we yeah. were just pooing in a bucket for a while. Not not awesome. No. And um, and then we also got water flowing. Cool. So then, so, I'll, like, do you have? Is it like a bio? Like a, I don't know how you say this. Or even compostable? Yeah, compostable pooper. Essentially, it's kind of the, the poor man's version. Right. Yeah. yeah okay. So you're just putting sawdust on top of it. Oh, and sawdust? The sawdust keeps, is actually... Uh, it's an enzyme that helps like kind of break down? It like, does, yeah. yeah. It's already... Because it had been sitting around for a while. It already had those uh, that active bacteria. Right. I could be watching that. but And then you put that down, and so that just kind of helps speeds up. Right. Roll, or speed I mean, so up that's the what they process. do with uh, compost, right, in general, yeah. I think. Yeah, right. totally. Yeah, but, that's fucking cool, man. Yeah, and actually, we, we've got ourselves set up so that we can have a flushing toilet. Um, so next spring we'll be, we'll Salt be water that. bidet or something. That would be nice. <laughs> man. I'm a big fan of the bidets after yeah. hanging out in Japan. I'm oh, like, why yeah. are we wiping our butt, man? You have Dude, to wipe, look those... at your poo on your paper. Nope. Doing it again. It I mean, just seems so archaic. Man. I mean, it's funny cause I, those tushy things you can buy, I'm, I'm actually, I got to... one, dude. Do you have the hot water one or you have the cold water one? Hot bro. I know. I you want the got hot water. It, man. They're like a hundred bucks, right? I, I haven't installed it sadly enough, but, uh, Japan has a, I mean, funny thing about Japan is they either squat or they yeah. have the most elaborate toilets there is. That is true. The same, like you can go into a, you can go into a bathroom there and you're like, yeah. I can just spray my ass or I can just blow a knee trying to yeah. take a shower. Right. It's really, it's interesting, but that, but the squat way is actually yeah. the most, the best way to clean yourself out. Right. Yeah. But then, yeah, like the, the, the aggressive wipe. Yeah. Get a sprayer. I got to get I one. I know, man. Once you can get past the idea of water squirting at your butthole. It's not a bad feeling at all. It's fine. You know? Yeah. It's actually, it's not bad. As a, as, as a, as a human, we <laughs> you can think what you want, but also like I stopped buying paper towels yeah. because I was like, oh, so I, and I'm like, um, it's expensive. It's a bunch of wasted products. Completely. And, and if you still have to buy TP, you know, give it a, you know, you gotta, you know, it's like you have to dry yourself after a shower. So you need a bit, but like it does seem that hundred bucks. You don't have to buy toilet. If you buy, don't buy toilet paper five times or mm -hmm. ten times, you saved almost that much money, yeah. right? And I feel like it's just uh, it's better. Yeah, it's better, elegant, better right? hygiene. Yeah, for sure, and yeah. much more delicate. And the warm, the warm hookup. As oh, long as you gotta, my, it's goodness. gotta be near a sink, though. I saw that's all. It's heavy, right? Yes, I guess yeah. you can hook it up. Yeah. And it's pretty simple plumbing, I guess. Very simple, right? right? Yeah, I see it on Instagram, and I've got a couple <laughs> friends who got them, and I'm like, oh man. And I just haven't pulled the trigger. I don't want to spend any money right now, but yeah, um, yeah those are. <laughs> it's it's. It's on your Christmas wish list. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, I guess speaking of Japan and stuff, um, yeah, this winter, just hanging out here. I guess. Hey, I mean, I guess you could go and can, you can still travel in quarantine. I'm not sure what the rules are in Japan. Yeah, uh, I, I think that Asia's a little bit more lenient because I saw I was looking at flights online just to see yeah. what February would be like, and this yeah. is like five fifty return. See, I'm not opposed to traveling right Neither now. Am I? Um, I'll take the precautions, but but at the same time, I'm kind of excited about it's also having awesome this opportunity here. yeah exactly we live in one of the greatest places on the planet yeah. and we've got incredible shredding yeah right at our fingertips and for so much of my career i was chasing storms all over the mm -hmm. place which is right. fun but 
uh, I'm pretty psyched on just getting to know our area. Uh, and there's just so many amazing objectives that I've just been staring at driving along the highway that I've just mm-hmm. never even had the That's chance to That's what's crazy is like you can see these lines that you yeah. want to ski. And then you've been to Japan before. You've been to a place before. And you probably won't go to too many. The place will be that much different when you go there. Maybe a different line, but yeah. if you're seeing things at home, I know. I mean, I, I'm guilty of it too. I want to go places, but like you as a skier and as a traveling skier, professional, you've you've seen so many places. But yeah, like you must. It's a bit of pride behind staying home and like getting those lines that you saw or you've seen or like totally. random shit or just like I didn't know I could ski this on the coast so close. Yeah, you know, it's pretty cool. So it is. Yeah, but I guess plans aren't really in place. I guess right now it's still pretty early. Uh, we're just starting to formulate plans right now. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. it's going to be Southern BC, you know, kind of between here and Ravi and probably yeah. dabbling up around Terrace Shames area. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I went to Terrace this summer for the first time mountain biking. Oh, it's legit. So I, I don't want to blow. I'm not going to blow up the spot. No one listens to this thing. <laughs> like, um, Matthias would be hyped. Matthias Fredrickson moved. Yeah, I was so I went up there this summer. Um, Matthias lives there and this, my buddy John Riddle lives there. Jonathan Riddle, he's a photographer, dude. Okay. Great photographer, by the way. Uh, I'm trying to get him to buy a print of him, but he's not the photo I want. So I saw him trying to try to, try to take the photo I was asking for. So shout oh, out to John yeah, Riddle there. Nice. But um, yeah, no, I went up there for the summertime or for like two weeks when I got let go of my job and I went through Prince George and Smithers and, and Terrace, drove up there. Summertime, it's, it's legit. The mountain biking there, I don't know who's building trails up there, but they I mean, fucking know what they're doing. He has built a trail, I'm sure. And the dirt's got to be good there. It's killer, man. They're, yeah. built, they're, they're good trails. It's not like, there's some gnarly shit, but it's like, they're fun. Like around yeah. here, they're great, but people are, I think here it's like, trying to prove how gnarly they can be yeah yeah there it's like how i feel like i was there i rode a bunch of trails we had the trail forks and people are so nice they're like it's like they're trying to see how much fun you can have on the trail that's how it should be and i I think i'm seeing more of that now Mm -hmm. now that we've got now that flow trails are more in as opposed to how they're being built back in the day yeah for sure (laughs) (laughs) there's a there's a trail on the west side of town here i think it's called uh facial abuse (laughs) (laughs) fuck the first time i rode it my buddies my buddies still kind of concussed me like a, a year later there's like sticks in it. There's like a like a, a like a some kind of metal spike kind of on the ground at the bottom. I'm nice. like, what are we doing here? Right. I, people can. I'm ride over it, it man. I, me, it's, I, never, I never even actually yeah. got. I never even got to it. But like, I just think like. Anyway, sorry, I cut you off, but ter- those towns, Smithers seems great. Smithers. It's kind of like Squamish and Pemberton kind of came together or something. I know. Right? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've heard rumor that they have. What is it again? It's the highest. Uh, so the most educated town per capita and they have a super high rate of uh, not-for-profits there so it just seems like a lot of really educated people there yeah really lovely they've got great cafes restaurants the ski hills right there yeah and uh the store coat what the store hotel i stayed at whatever my buddies and i stayed at it's like these kind of covid times early on and they were super nice no one up there is giving that much they take care of it not really right but um it was just a cool, you see, it was cool. It's a cool spot. Yeah. At Terrace, nothing's going on there. But there's this yeah. place called Don Don Diego's Taco yeah. Shop there. It's super yuppie. Like, okay. see, oh, it's fucking legit. <laughs> I, I, I went to Taco Bell once about too, but like. Uh, and place. Smithers also has that ski touring resort. Yeah, right. Which is super rad. They had, um a, a, like, a, a, like um, you could do this, you could do this mountain bike drop and you could hop in a van they would take you up to the top of you know, the ski hill there whatever it was uh, it's like um hudson totally and uh it's a super long downhill it's like super epic oh i bet it is so we were trying to get to the yukon but the yukon was closed 
for because you couldn't get there. Okay. So we just stopped in Terrace. But so we did Terrace and then Smithers on the way back twice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like it's a mountain bike town. It's a ski yeah. town, and there's uh, those places. There's a lot more ski touring I think happening. I don't know that well because I wasn't there in the winter time. But yeah. I imagine yeah, there's probably way more touring happening. Yeah, it's called Hank and Evelyn is the okay. name of this little ski touring uh, quote unquote resort. Okay. Um, yeah, they built a couple cabins up there and they cut ski runs. Keep going, I want to see. Yeah, give her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Good, good. Yeah. yeah but uh, like it's Smithers and Terrace is is amazing because for people that live in the corridor, they'd enjoy everything the corridor has to offer. Yeah. But they can't really afford to live here anymore. Mm-hmm. You have pretty much everything going on up there. Yeah, I thought about it. That's when we were talking earlier about places to live and stuff. And, you know, there's like, for me, it's employment and be able to pay your bills and stuff. But it's also like, that just, ha- if you're, you just, you just make it happen and go live somewhere, right? Yeah. Like, and that place, I, I think Smithers Terrace is pretty far, but it's legit. Mm-hmm. And I saw my buddy Daniel Pendygrass. He's doing this side channel thing where he's making his, like, these um, overalls for, like, pretty much under overalls for, like, any sport they're using for, they're using for, like, ice, uh, uh, fly fishing. Uh, him and John Roth, yeah. real snowboard dudes, but he was doing some product testing and some market and some like photo shooting up there. Um, and I was up there too, but not at the same time. But I just see the way the photos that we were taking stuff, and you know the fishing up there is amazing. Skiing a river skiing. is one of the best. Right? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And yeah. then but the mount, I can't say enough, and I'm not, it's not gonna blow it up. But the mountain bike there is fucking killer. Yeah, it's that, so killer. Yeah, and I'm, if Mateus has something to do with it, kudos to that guy. Because and the skiing is. Is world class, especially in Terrace. Sure. Yeah, yeah, we used to go film up in Northern Escape Heli, mm. and um, okay, that makes sense. they've got full spine walls and huge pillow lines, yeah. and of course they get massive amounts of snow. Yeah, but uh, being that far north, it's a little bit colder than it is here, sure. so it is. It can be the, kind of the perfect storm up there. Right. Yeah. Speaking of that, do you still is it Tucker? Is it a, the, the Tucker Snowcat? Tucker? You still have that thing? Uh, well, it's parked in the Okanagan these days. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. You, you did you like? There was a relic you found and bought it and then rebuilt it. Or, I mean, well, I worked on it with uh, with Christie's dad. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we worked on it for a fall. Anybody who's no, sorry, it's like an old school like groomer or like yeah. it's like four track. It looks like a tractor with a old school truck body on. It's like pretty yeah. cool looking. Yeah. And yeah, you, it was pretty wild. I uh, I was talking with Dave about it and just asked him what it would take to get it going, and he thought. It would take elbow grease. five to seven days, definitely some elbow grease and a lot of grease. <laughs> yeah. And so I kind of factored in 10 days. And then we started working on it in November. And um, anytime I had a bit of a break in my ski schedule, I was driving back to the Okanagan, cool. working on the snowcat. Right. And then he had a crew of a few guys in Summerland hmm. that were helping out the snowcat as well. Cool. So yeah. collectively, I can't even imagine how many days... Everybody put into it. Myself alone, I'm pretty sure I put in 20 to 25 days. Right. And uh, it's funny when people, mechanics like, but they put in hours. You're talking about days. Yeah, it was wild, right, man. Yeah. It's but, in a cool uh, machine, but it's not, it's, not in your, it's not in your life anymore, or is it? You know what? It's, it was a good project. Yeah. It's a beautiful machine. It's cool, yeah. And uh, we did some great trips with it. Yeah. But it's kind of scary. Not scary. It's kind but of, you're kind of rolling the dice when you're driving that thing. I probably, I probably like, it's probably an only Russian. If it breaks down in the middle of the hurley, 
you're fucked. You're, it's it's going to sit there for a long time. You can't you heli know? it out. You can't tow it out. No. How much what must weigh like? I don't know. It's actually not that heavy. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a small engine. It's aluminum body. Oh, really? It feels really? like you're sitting inside of a Cessna. How old is it? Like 50 1969, years old? 1969, man. Oh, so yeah. Greatest 50, year 70 ever. 70 years old. <laughs> yeah. Greatest yeah. year ever, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, that's... That that seems to me it would seem like in Terrace there's some guy with one of those with an operation. It's like yeah, grab on in the back and we'll tow you up there. It seems like that's yeah. what's kind of like what Terrace would be like or those small towns yeah. would be like. Yeah, in those operations. But um, well, speaking of those places, do you have uh, like when you talk about like to have like spines and stuff up there and everything else? Yeah, locally in BC, there's got to be. I mean, this is gonna be a dumb question, but what's do you have like a favorite operation you've been to? Like is it like Island Lake or Chatter Creek or you know, somewhere nor- northern escape, or yeah. do you prefer heli and snowcat? Or hmm. I mean, obviously touring's different now. Like, I mean, maybe back in the day, maybe it's more because you're probably more like human powered now. I do a bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. Cool. There's definitely a lot of ski touring, yeah. uh, sled access skiing, sled access ski touring. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been in a cat in a couple few years. Right. Um, haven't really done much heli either. Right. Um, not to say that I'm totally opposed to it cause no. there's, there's a time and a place to be able to access amazing terrain. Yeah, totally. Um, but our sleds are just so incredible now. They can get yeah. us to so many, uh, wild places that mm. we used to have to use helis to get to. Yeah. And just for a fraction of a cost. Yeah. And sleds so. are fun to fly around and they're safer. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying helis aren't safe, but you're on yeah. the ground, at least on a sled. Yeah. You know what? And I find... Um, heli skiing when we're filming can be super productive because obviously right. it can get you up and down really quickly. Sure. Um, but when it's kind of marginal weather, I think touring up to you learn the snowpack, you have totally. time to assess, you can hear things, your whoops, the whoops, whatever's going on. And then yeah. you can, you assess the train. So you're walking up and you sense it. That's the one thing about, I think about ski touring is cool. It takes forever and I'm not the best athlete, but like you do learn the snow as you go. Oh, I love that. Yeah, which is yeah. cool. And it's also solitary and you're like, you know, with yourself and just getting yeah. some exercise. And totally. And I find when you're in a heli trying to find, let's say it's kind of in and out, sunny and cloudy, which it quite often is. Um, first off, you spend a lot of money. So that kind of is adds to the stress level. Um, but primarily you're, you're looking for big lines yeah. or bigger lines mm-hmm. when you're in a heli. Yeah. And so that's great if it's a perfect bluebird day and the conditions are perfect. But if it's kind of marginal conditions or you've got a bit of cloud, then it's so much easier to be on a sled and look for micro features. Sure, yeah. Because quite often that's what makes in the movies anyhow. Yeah. And I find from the air, it's pretty tricky to be able to really hone in on that. Yeah. Whereas when you're on the ground, whether you're ski touring or whether you're sledding, you can see those little one-off features so yeah. much easier. You get a better sense of the, the, the scale too, I think. Totally, like yeah. That, that looks pretty good. And you get like, this like fucking 80 feet. You're like, fuck, can't do that. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could, but yeah. No, but I mean, that's always a thing. You're always trying to use some sort of point of reference to know what size that cliff is going to be or how long that line's going to be. Right. And uh, so that's always a thing. You know, what you think is a 20-footer might be a 40-footer or, what, or vice yeah. versa, right? Right. We've talked about skiing a bunch. I love skiing. Shout out to skiing. Yeah, it works. <laughs> but uh, you, what, else, what are you doing on the other side? Like, do you mountain bike? Um, like, I don't know. What else do you do? You, you yeah, I, I do. Uh, I try to mountain bike as often as possible. Yeah, cool. Um, I don't kiteboard as often as I would like. You kiteboard? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Being a Squamish, I mean. Is there something going on with Squamish where there was like an issue where they were going to shut it down or something? I saw John Smart was like all up in arms about something. Yeah, I know they've been talking about 
the spit was going to be changing the spit or moving the spit. Right. It's a um, scene down there. I've been there a couple of times. I don't know. Anything it's about busy, it. man. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But there's a, uh, another place to launch your kite, which is okay. less busy, a little right. bit more, uh, right. um, not as friendly, right. But more local. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So, but yeah. So then like, yeah. So, you, and it's a beautiful sport, man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A, I really, really enjoy it because, uh, I, Prior to kiteboarding, I'd never really done any sort of wind sports. Okay, right. And I didn't really understand how much power there was in the wind. I can yeah. Until all of a sudden, once I learned how to stand up on a kite, and I started ripping down the water uncontrollably, did I realize how fast you Chaos. can get going? Yeah, yeah. completely, man. And, and all this, and it's quiet. Right. You know, aside from your board on the water, you know? And so prior to that, I'd done some wakeboarding behind a boat. And all of a sudden now it's kind of the same sensation, but quiet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you learn how to start jumping. And all of a sudden that's a super cool weightless sensation that brings you back down in the water like you just stepped off a curb, you right. know. It's, and, you know, I was watching a whole crew of guys out there. They're in their 50s and 60s still sending it. Yeah. And that was pretty cool to see that this is a sport that I can continue to do at a high enough level. Yeah without dealing with too much impact as long as you're you're doing it right right yeah i see all i see is like send fails and somebody's like 80 oh yeah totally yeah Yeah. and it's kind of cool in the way that you you probably start off in a wakeboard which is how most people do it and then you can move to a skimboard then you can get out to a surfboard okay and with that you can now start riding waves which is a whole other wild dynamic and i spent some time on the oregon coast and it's kind of interesting because when you're on a surfboard and you're trying to get out through the whitewash, you're duck diving. It's kind of it's whitewash can be get a little old, you know. Whereas yeah. now you're just, it's like this moving terrain park, right? And you've got all these kickers that are just shaping up in front of you, and you're just airing off all the whitewash, right? Until you get out to the break, and then you're slashing. Yeah, and that's cool. I've never caught. I'm not sure if you can say caught waves, but been on so many waves in my life right. as I have been with as uh as i have been on my kiteboard it's sick i saw uh fuck i saw uh, this is i mean i watch tv all the time yeah. but i watched just i watched there was some uh i think it was in south africa or something like that a guy uh um kite surfed for fucking ever he was like some record he went for like days and days he oh, went yeah. to pull in a shore and camp he's like his feet were all like you know he do something for a long time he get yeah. fucked up right oh yeah but like just watching them go and like the freedom of it all it just seems like you know, I don't know much about it, but um, there's a lot of gear. There's like a lot of like you can't. Yeah, it is. Like, and you got like your setup and, the, and all the strings and everything is like pretty. You got to manage. It's like string management. It's kind of hectic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it, sure. it was definitely pretty overwhelming when I was first learning. Yeah. And I definitely hooked my kite backwards a few times. It happens, I guess, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're like pulling the kite yeah. to go right and it goes the opposite direction. You're right. smashing Well, because Squamish has that like that jet ski. They have somebody on the jet ski comes out and gets you. They, oh, they yeah, yeah. Around. I yeah, definitely like utilized that when I was learning. Man. <laughs> it, was, it was hectic out there because yeah, you're, you're launching from the spit, but when you learn, you don't know how to go upwind yet. Right. So instead, you're getting blown downwind. Right. And in the Squamish spit, you've got freighter ships coming in and out so you yeah. got those guys there it's kind of hectic and then yeah. you got some log piling sticking out of the water right and then you've got the estuary at the end so inevitably you get blown into the estuary and it's mucky and you're trying to pull your lines in and it just ends up being when i was first pulling my lines Rats in i didn't nest. know you have to figure ate it instead i was just looping it around oh. and then i get back to the beach and i would nest. literally spend yeah a few hours trying to untangle my mess Fuck. so I, I didn't really learn too much the first summer <laughs> right 
Um, whereas now, you know, you've probably seen people cruising around with wings now. No. What do you so mean? you're just holding this wing. It's similar to the so same there's, shape. There's an air-filled kite thing, right? But yep. now it's like a solid wing. Yeah. Well, it's still air-filled. Right. But you just have two handles on it. Okay. And you're it's just not holding attached it. to you? Nope. You're what just hanging fuck? onto it. And I really? guess when Is I first saw it, I, th- I thought it looked kind of awkward right. in a way that you'd just be hanging onto this thing and your arms or your hands would get tired. But I guess it's super minimal. And now people are doing it with foils. Okay, foils. So as far as simplifying your gear, now you just have a foil and a wing, and And a wetsuit, and that's it. And you don't need a lot of wind. Why I always I don't understand is if the wind's going this way, how the fuck do you go that way? (laughs) I know know. that was my that it took me a little while to wrap my head around that as well. And that's where tacking comes in. Right, you just zigzag back and forth. Yeah. Right. And with foils, because there's so little resistance in the water. Need less wind, probably. Yeah, and you can. Fucking motor. I wouldn't say go straight up wind, but not far off. Really? Yeah. As long as you get the angles right, I guess you figure. Yep. You gotta make it bounce. That's up. it. I just never. I'm like, how do you go against the wind? I've I know. Like, <laughs> songs about it, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. I think you know, living the life of of sports and being so involved in skiing, that kind of stuff, and you know, it'll you just you can. It's it's an easy way, and even just as a as yeah. someone like myself who just does it as a pastime, but like. It opens your opens your eyes up to an opportunity to so many different things. Yeah, it's like mountain biking, which is you know one of the bigger sports around here for sure, yeah. and it's good for your good for your legs for skiing. I, does mountain biking help your skiing legs? I don't think it does. Man. Um, you know <laughs> I, what? I, I, I would can, say it just helps out your overall conditioning. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't I, say. I mean, it's good for your legs. You can say it's good for your glutes, but it's. I don't think it ever really transfers every that time, well to when you first get back on skis and you yeah. try to do a ruby from top to bottom. Yeah, fucked. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like I, I mountain bike a lot and I ski a bunch, but I, every time I'm like, man, I thought I was mountain biking. Why are my legs so fucked? I mean, it's just because yeah. it's skiing, but it does help for sure. Yeah, I'm just, I just think it's cool to be having those crossover sports. It know? is, and yeah, then, for sure, yeah. and that's what I kind of enjoy about the sports that I do. Although mm-hmm. kiteboarding wouldn't really be that, but um, biking. Um, I really enjoy hiking actually. Yeah. Like I try to utilize the chief as often as possible. Sure. Yeah. Um, I enjoy pushing myself that way. That's a I good mission for an hour and 10 minutes up and down. If you've done it. Yeah. It's a dude. It's a killer workout. Totally. And it's like, it's cool. And it's good bang for your buck. You know, yeah. you're in whatever time you get up there, which is pretty short. Yeah. It's, um, you get this amazing view and yeah. it really, for me, it never gets old. No. And, uh, you know, it's kind of cool is cause Those I, first in 70, I think it's like 85 stairs. The first set. Eight, that's like that. always the hardest part for it's me actually. Dude. out yeah. of the gate i hate when you gotta go out of the gate straight up yeah yeah it's totally <laughs> yeah um but I, when i was in my early to mid-20s i was living in squamish and i used to go hike the chief okay um but i actually stopped doing it because i found my knees got too sore yeah coming um, down coming down dude. yeah have you seen and that uh um um uh, it's like chasing ice it's a documentary no. on netflix no there's this guy who puts up like time-lapse cameras all over the Arctic and he's watching glaciers recede. Okay. It's pretty cool. It's all, it's a really good environmental um, kind of like view on yeah. how glaciers are receding. But his knees are fucking, he has to go get knee operation. They're destroyed. Uh, so he's been hiking for so long and walking yeah. for so long that you see him, he's crying. He's like broken yeah. down. I wish I remember his name. But he's been putting up these time-lapse cameras all over the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, it's I've a pretty popular show. It's, yeah. it's older. It's a few years old. But yeah. his knees are destroyed from hiking. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, what I found was kind of interesting was um, my knees are actually better now than when I was in my mid-20s. Mm, right. Um, and Maybe. I would probably attribute that to just taking better care of my body. Yeah, I was going to say. Eating better yeah. and paying more attention to anti-inflammatory foods. 
Right. Cause I was yeah. like, you and I have talked that one time we were working on that dog, that dog movie. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. You're talking about like keto diets and that kind of stuff. But you did yeah. mention something about your rehab program. I'm wondering about what your, how, what you do for, um, like just keeping your body in, like keeping your joints good and like what yeah. you do for rehab and stretching. And like, I'm sure yoga is probably a big part of your life. I'd imagine. And yeah, I try to, I mean, I should be doing yoga more often, of course, mm-hmm. but, uh, try to make that a part of, Semi-regular program. Yeah. I mean, even if it's not a full yoga routine, routine, even if it's just give myself five or 10 minutes, just to kind of like roll around, stretch around Mm -hmm. and just focus my breath for a little bit and just kind of give myself an opportunity to relax. Yeah. Um, For myself, I'm always tightest just kind of around my quads, hammies, glutes, hips. Yeah. So just giving a little bit of time for that. Yeah. Um, I work with a trainer, so he helps out a lot and he pushes me like crazy, man. We're doing this intense conditioning (laughs) cycle right now. Yeah. Um, which is essentially a lactic acid threshold. Okay, right. So building yourself up to the point where you're bonking, but doing that six times over. Right. And um, Because then then it pushes your threshold beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I've been seeing really good results with that, and then he's got me on a good strength program, Mm -hmm. and then um, the chief, biking. And then I've got a little home gym, so I try to just, if I'm... If I'm working at home and I'm uh, working on the computer and just sitting at my desk, just take I find, minutes. yeah, I need to give myself a break. I yeah. would say once an hour, Yeah. go out, do a couple sets yeah. and just kind of get my blood moving and just get my body moving and just get my brain activated again. Yeah. Cause otherwise I just find I, I lose energy and I just start feeling a little bit stagnant. Right. Yeah. You know, I come back and all of a sudden I'm, you know, everything's just working Iron that much off. better again. Totally. Because yeah. it's all about getting blood flow and oxygen to your brain in order to be able to start. Well, if um, you're working, your hands just get the blood flow. It's right. your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of getting back to the, the Wim Hof thing again. Yeah. You know, you're delivering so much oxygen to your brain. Yeah, right. And uh, You need to. Yeah. And with that, you're delivering nutrients. Mm-hmm. And with that, you're also speeding up your recovery. Right. Um, and that's another big part is, uh, you know, you can train as hard as you want, but it takes a while for your muscles to repair themselves. So yeah. that's where cold plunging is really good. Yoga is good for that as well. Yeah. Um, do you cold shower? Do you do the whole Wim Hof cold I shower? I do. Thing? Yeah. Do you ever have you do you take hot showers anymore? Do you go like hot to cold? I I have, I have my soft moments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, for sure. But uh, especially after a workout, then yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to do a cold shower. Yeah. Okay. Um, during the summertime, cold showers all the time. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's yeah. hot outside. Yeah. Um, I don't have a cold plunge where I live in Squamish right now. Right. So that's that is part of the goals to get that set up. But yeah. Um, Brome Lake is really good for that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I've got a, a pulse electromagnetic frequency machine, PEMP for short. Okay. And that is amazing for stimulated oxygen. You're just like, oh, so what does it, what do you, how does it work? Um, well, it's this magnetic pulse. Okay. Yeah. You put it on you somewhere or is it yeah. you stand near or something? Totally. Or? No, okay. You can lie on it. You can wrap it yourself around it. It's like a blanket. Um, or is it? Th- yeah, there's a mat, okay. there's a wrap, there's a couple different, okay. um, tools. It's not, it's not the Dr. Ho thing, is it? No, okay. cause I think that's more of a Electric muscle shit. stim. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so what's kind of interesting about this whole methodology is that, and I've done this in Pemberton, um, there was a lady doing blood analysis. And so she picks your, or pricks your finger puts your blood onto a little uh, piece of glass, slides under uh, uh, a mag- magnifying glass okay, yeah. or microscope. Yeah. And um, you can look at your blood cells 
And when she looks at it, more often than not, your blood cells are all kind of coagulated. Right, okay. So when they're in that state, they're really not moving oxygen nutrients that it's like well. pushing mud through a garden. Totally, right. yeah. yeah. And so you're just not able to do anything as efficiently as you can, as okay. opposed to if you were to have all your blood cells moving a little bit more independently and, and more efficiently. Yeah. And so by utilizing this kind of technology, it helps decoagulate Oh. Your blood cells, and then everything just starts. It's like a pain better. shaker. He's like, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, okay, mix the pain up. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, for your body. So I think that's uh, another great tool. Yeah. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, cold water therapy is definitely my favorite. Yeah, it is. Eh? Yeah, yeah, it feels so so good, man. It's it's so funny because no matter what day it is, it's always a challenge getting into it. Dude, I do it when I have a shower. Like, I'll have a warm shower first, and yeah. I'll finish off with a cold shower. I'll crank it a bit, but like. I'm like, oh man, here we go. And it's yeah, like, yeah, totally. I mean, Every I, time, I can, right? I can just, I can get out, <laughs> I can get out of my shower anytime I want. But I'm like, oh man, here we go. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and I deal with it. Yeah. And it's just more for me. It's more a bit of a game than it is anything else. It is. To- I think that's exactly it. And uh, Tony Robbins. Yeah. He does it for the exact same reason. It's um, because it's too easy for us to uh, just kind of procrastinate mm. and say, oh, I'll do it next time. When you know you should be doing it because it's just, for your greater good. Just close good. your eyes and think about just give it a twist and go to wait and like oh even if you yeah. as soon as you hop out even if you hop out right after it happens yeah it still gets you going you're drying off faster totally so the whole thing gets going right yeah. yeah so it is really a great tool for brain training yeah just to committing to what you're setting out to do yeah and of course that transfers to everything in life. Do you? Uh, I know you got some stuff to do here after this, but do you? I know, and I'm jumping around a lot because I don't oh, my good. my brain's all over the place, but like. Um, I think I just forgot what I was going to ask you. Holy shit. You got her, buddy. Um, come on, bring this back. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, it's something about... Uh, t- oh, damn it. Yeah, drink some water. Right? You got time. Uh, Fuck. I got so pumped to ask you this question, and now I can't remember what it was. Did I have anything to do with cold plunging or sauning? Or- cold plunging and the game of... Uh, I lost it, dude. That See, happens, I gotta get my It'll come back tomorrow. I'll be like, hey, Mark, remember that thing I was gonna ask you? <laughs> like, next I'm week? sure it'll come back in the next few minutes. Here. Yeah, um, yeah, because I think you know, like, there are um, trying to gamify things too. We talk about like it's a game to jump out and just like, yeah. oh, um, it's oh yeah, sorry, yeah, I know what it is. Nice, yeah. Like, are you somebody who just goes, I'm doing this right now, or do you have to sit back and go, okay, if I do this, and you do analyze shit a lot, you just kind of like, I mean, you seem like you're kind of in the middle. I totally am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, for example, with uh, the Muse Meditation, right? It's it is pretty analytical because at the end you get your results. Sure. Okay. So it lets you know how long you were, your brain was active, neutral, or calm, and how many birds you got. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> right. it's pretty sweet because yeah, it actually lets you know that hey, I'm improving. Right. And uh, although I'm not a competitive person, I do like to see that I'm improving. And the same goes for the Wim Hof app. Sure. You know, it gives you your results to the end, and then it gives you a chart as to how you've been doing previous days and how you're improving. And Right. But, like, what I mean is, I guess, it's like projects, like, hey, like, so yeah. say Neverland or say your yeah. project, and you're like, uh, that sounds good, let's do it. Is, it. is there an instinct behind you? Or are you like, you're like, give me a day to think about it? You know, or, you know? Yeah, no, I, I definitely do a bit of both, actually. Okay. I'm definitely... Because instinct plays a big part in your life, I'm sure. For sure. I try to l- rely on my intuition as often yeah, as possible. Right. And then sometimes with that, like Concept Neverland, that thing was, that happened pretty quick. Yeah. You can just kind of feel it, eh? Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, and like, then sometimes I'll, I'll definitely overanalyze. Right. You know, sometimes over really small things. Yeah, that's um, annoying. But I think there's certain things that come at me and right away it, 
lights up my whole body. I'm like, sure. yeah, that's, I definitely want to do that. Yeah. And so I try to jump on that and, you know, to the point where I won't even be sleeping because I'm thinking about it so intently, sure. you know? Does uncertainty inspire you more than like knowing what the outcome might be or be more, be more like aware of what the outcome could be? I appreciate both. Okay. And I've really experienced a lot of uncertainty and it took me a little while to know how to manage that. Mm -hmm. And you might be able to relate with this, but when I tore my ACLs, I was 30, 31, yeah. and ski career was going good. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I realized that uh, this might not last forever. I should yeah. probably start figuring out what I'm going to do next. Yeah, for sure. And... You know, I'm a, a person that lives by passion very much so. And so I kind of realized that I wasn't necessarily going to be a person that could do a normal like Monday <laughs> to Friday, nine to five things. So yeah, I'm like, all right, sure. what can I do that I'm stoked on doing that's going to fuel me, but it's also going to give me a decent income because we yeah. live in an expensive place sure. here. And we want to have fun. And yeah, I want to have fun and, and do all those kind of things, you know. And so I'm also a person that really believes in manifestation. Sure. So... It was a, it was an interesting challenge being in that uncertain state and not knowing what it was to manifest, you know, like if you know you yeah. want to do something, then at least you can start working towards that. But yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't really know what it is. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is the other uh, component that some people talk about with regards to manifestation sure. is also letting go. Yeah. It's like. All right, you know, you can create goals for yourself without knowing exactly what the end goal is, but yeah. as long as you're kind of moving forward in the right direction, then that's sometimes all you can do. Yeah, you just keep taking steps. I, I thought yeah. manifestation, to me, in the last year or so, manifestation was the opposite for me. I was manifesting negative things and they ended up happening. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that's when it made me realize, I'm like, holy shit, that actually yeah, works. works right? I'm like, wow, it works. So now <laughs> I'm like trying to like, in the last yeah. while, I'm like, okay, I'm trying to reverse that. And yeah. uh, I noticed that it's working for sure. Yeah. But I, I took me th the, the opposite side of it to realize it actually works. Yes. Um, but I also think like too, when I'm listening to you talk and you know what you're up to, I can understand that um, you know, when you, when you're working on your meditation and your mindfulness and everything else, it allows you the confidence to realize that your instinct is, it's probably strong and you go like, Hey, now I know I can manage, I know I can just at least I can, um, take care of whatever happens if I make this choice, even if it's a bit uncertain because you've, yeah. you've learned your mind and how you're learning how your mind works and being more aware of it. And you can be more confident in that like instinctual response to something. It seems yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It, the it's mind interesting. Is, and then finding confidence, right? It's hard to do. It is because even when you you make that decision, there's somebody. When I make that decision, sometimes I'm like, Whoa, "Was that the right decision?" The first know. hurdle can just dismount your confidence yeah. right away, right? Yeah, but that's where you just have to trust. Yeah, trust yourself. Um, yeah, trust that you've made the right decision that everything's yeah. going to work out. And if you're still here and you're still making moves and you've had to bounce around a bit, yeah. you're still like, you know, pushing forward. Yeah. Well, that trust is inherently there. You just got to recognize it, I guess. Right. And that's it. Right. Yeah. And I think these days it's, it's almost hard to, to find that <laughs> trust. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. but uh, so I've been definitely learning to embrace the uncertainty and, um, this whole COVID experience has been really good opportunity just for, um, uh, embracing the uncertainty and sure. uh, and the pivot that we have to make, yeah. just being adaptable. Sure, and um, and that's something that uh, I'm really enjoying more than ever. And so I think that's why throughout this whole experience, I've actually really been enjoying my time. Yeah, 
And um, yeah, same. It's been good. Yeah. So yeah, uncertainty is a funny one, but it's yeah. It took me, I don't know, five or six years of really um, working my way through that right. to the point where I, I felt like, or I now feel like I'm in good hands. Yeah. And I'm pretty. There's always uncertainty up in the air, but I'm feeling like I'm uh, just in a good place yeah. and that everything that's going to happen to me is going to happen just as it should. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like, even if it seems gnarly, that's just as it should. You know, yeah. maybe that's just life steering you in the new direction that you need to go. Well, every captain needs a lot of time to learn how to navigate better. And yeah. the sea is uncertain. So when the sea comes out and you're a captain, you've learned how yeah. the sea can be uncertain, how you can learn that. So it seems like in our lives, like we're deciding how, just how to be a captain, be like learn how totally. the sea comes out. That boat's <laughs> got to make it where it's going to, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I won't keep you too much. Our chat's been amazing, man. It's been cool, the chat. Yeah, bro, sure. it's yeah, been too it's, long. I think man. it's been, I, I mean, we see each other once in a while, but uh, yeah, it's been really cool. I was always inspired by how you operate and just kind of it was great to chat because, I mean, you know, I can learn from you and, um, just even talking about it helps us both learn about how we are, yeah, right? So, yeah. um, no, it's really cool. Um, so, uh, I mean, we could probably shut this down, but what's your, I mean, you might, you might lose followers on this ap- podcast. I don't know, but like, where do. people, where do people find you at? Just like a <laughs> Mark Abma. I mean, I don't know. I try to let people yeah, talk about man, social media, but uh, Instagram, yeah. uh, just at Mark Abma. Sure. Facebook at Mark Abma. Right. I don't do Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Twitter's um, a fight, a shit show. I go on there because I like to watch the world burn on, oh, on, on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I rarely even go on to Facebook. I usually just do the Instagram. It automatically gets thrown at the uh, Facebook yeah. thing. Yeah, and cool. Um, that's already enough of a distraction in my life. So um, that's so sh- That fucking phone. I know, man. Phone app or the phone yeah. hours. Um, but these days I'm definitely embracing... You know, at a certain hour of the day, I just realized that I've done way too much with regards to that thing. Some days, like, my just, hand actually gets sore, dude, man. Dude, I got carpal tunnel from it for sure. Do you ever my thumb got messed up early in the summer, and that's yeah. when I really realized. Do you ever just all of a sudden buddy. go, why, you're, like, sitting there watching TV, and you're just, like, all of a sudden, your phone's in your hand? Yeah. Like, I'll be sitting, I'll work, even if I'm typing away, I've been doing a lot yeah. of writing recently, and it's actually good for my brain. And um, All of a sudden, I'm like, my computer's over there, and I'm like, I'm like, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Why is my phone in my hand? Yeah, and I'm just ready to start fucking consuming content and getting depressed because my phone. <laughs> right, I know, dude. I know. It's I so mean, wild, and it's so much, so talked about. It's funny, yeah. it's so talked about, and yet we're all we're all so aware of it. Yeah, but it's just a, you. But we're also very unaware of it because we're just why is wait all of a sudden I'm why am I Instagram? I've seen this. I'm trying to refresh. <laughs> I know. And now and it's like you've been it, now it tells you you've already got you've seen what you've seen. Right. Um, I see that every day. I see that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I've been here before. It's like the same road over and over again. But, yeah. No. It's yeah. it's a wild ride. Um, they're definitely uh, they're a blessing and a curse. Yeah. And I think um, it'll it'll be interesting to see what comes of studies in the future with regards to i mean mm. things are now coming up just with the uh yeah addictive yeah i mean results i mean studies end up having results faster these days people are like yeah. more and more people are studying it for sure but i don't know i don't I, i'm gonna post this on instagram i'm gonna try to promote it you know well totally i think it, it can really be used to your advantage and it really comes back to that self-awareness again yeah. and just self-control and yeah um, I think that's something we can all practice with everything we're doing from the food we're eating to how we're taking care of ourselves to how we're talking to people. Yeah. And, um, just our own thoughts and thoughts and can get you, man. They really can. And yeah. they can also make you right. Yeah. So uh, I think that's where we just have to really remember that our thoughts are so powerful. And, you know, if we can hone in on what it is that we're going for, then it really, 
it just makes life more fun personally yeah. i mean our thoughts are powerful but they're also not what define us in some respects so we have to be like aware that these are powerful thoughts yeah. but if we can harness I mean, I'm not even doing these things I'm saying, but like, yeah. if you harness those thoughts, they can be really powerful. But if you let them yeah. get to you, they can be out just as powerful on the negative side, yeah. for sure. And yeah. that's where sports really beautiful too, because just exhaust. That's, that's the time when you don't really think at all. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was cool, like when you were talking about like exercise stuff and like, you know, just be exhausting yourself. Your body helps your mind. Yeah. It's so yeah. overlooked, I think, and I'm trying to learn that right now, and like, you know, do things that exhaust me, so my mind is stronger, which seems weird, but it's true yeah sure. yeah yeah no there's uh yeah a lot to be said about pushing yourself to the point of exertion mm -hmm. and with that there is inherently stress that comes up mm -hmm. in body and mind mm -hmm. but i think it also allows you to be able to deal with stress better sure because if you're used to a max amount of exertion and and that little inherent bit of stress then when smaller things come up then they shouldn't bother you as much. No. And, because uh, you've learned you can get over obstacles by doing these things yeah. physically. You can get over mental obstacles. I mean, Well, those physical things are so mental, right? right. It's like when I'm doing this conditioning training, I'm sitting on a bike <laughs> or a rowing machine. Like you want to get off. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to puke, but I'm going to go for that remaining 15 seconds, you know, and it's... It's the worst 15 it, seconds, but it's it also really, the best. It really, really is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, uh, cool, man. Life's a wild ride, man, but it's such <laughs> yeah, a good one. Right? It is for sure. Yeah. Well, again, okay, we're going to, but thanks for coming on, man, for sure. I, I really appreciate it. It's cool. Yeah, man. Yeah, Let's awesome. get out there and shred, buddy. Yeah, for sure. I'd love yeah. to. I don't have my winter's pretty free. So, all right, all right. Yeah, man. Um, I'm going to uh, get as ski as I can. And uh, I'd love to have you back on. I'd love to talk about nutrition and stuff too and just, yeah, chat with you again. Yes, sure. totally. No, that's something I'm going to start honing in on a cool. lot more in the okay. near future cool. is uh, just sharing more of what I'm eating yeah. and more of what's happening in my uh, just my daily routine because, cool. um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of things that we can do for ourselves that, can really uh, help with creating more happiness. It's sometimes not that hard. No, it really isn't, man. Yeah, no, hard. it's like the Wim Hof breathing things. Pretty yeah. easy, man. If you like live in the Sea to Sky Corridor, going for a little run or a bike, yeah. it was something that most of us start with have five access minutes, to. Start with five minutes, work through an hour, work through whatever, right? Totally. Yeah. Jump into cold water. We've got cold water everywhere. Just turn your just don't turn your shower all the way. Take the nozzle only the half the way. <laughs> I got to learn right? that too. That's my own. Yeah. Yeah. But, and um, then, you know, just learning how to become more conscious of what you're eating. Mm -hmm. You know, they say that um, most of what happens in our brain actually starts in our gut. Which I is, eat so much pizza. Anyway. Oh, yeah. But you know what? You can make good pizza, bro. Yeah, I just order. It's bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. You, you know, well, Creek Bread's got good pizza, man. Mm. You can do like a sourdough crust or you do a cauliflower crust. That's actually one of my favorites. I, I made cauliflower bread one day. I made a cauliflower grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, yeah. It was a disaster. Oh yeah, <laughs> it tasted good. It was pretty much. I pretty much had to put it in a bowl and eat a fucking. Yeah, weird. it's kind of like a casserole. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't forget it all. But yeah, no, I'm on. I gotta. I, I need some. I need. I need like um. I need some kind of like watcher. Be like then like I need like a blocker for the Domino's app. I need all this stuff. <laughs> it's but yeah. Well, let's get you trying the uh, the Muse meditation. Yeah, I would love to for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I gotta just send me. I find it. I'll Google it and just get what see what them little uh, app the little. Um, devices yeah yeah because I, I saw it online for sure a couple of times yeah check it out um yeah cool and then um we i just need to get turpin on here yes yeah he's around man yeah, okay cool. he's shredding i'm sure yeah. you'll see him up i don't know if own. he's like a podcast guy but i love the chat with him for sure oh yeah 
He's a talker. He's got stuff to say for sure. Oh, yeah, I'll talk for, to sure. for sure. Yeah, for sure. He's traveled yeah. so much. He's yeah. got so many amazing experiences. He's worked with so many different people. I called him when he was in the airport in Beijing. Uh, he was on Instagram. <laughs> he, was in, he was on Instagram. I saw him post. Like, yeah. Airport, so I called him on Instagram. We chatted for a bit. Yeah. He's an interesting dude, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, Mark. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it, dude. All right, bro. Um, and we'll talk to you again soon. Yep. All right. Cheers, See you. Buddy. Yeah.